1: Good evening, Razorback fans. We want to welcome you to the one, the only hog talk podcast as we are part of the Believe in Buzz Radio Networks, where you can hear us on all podcast platforms as well as Buzz 2, 106.7 in Central Arkansas. So please like, rate, and review our podcast. I'm your host, Porter Hayes of Sports and Culture Arkansas, and alongside me is Jacob Davis from Arkansas Fight, and all live shows are presented by the Arkansas Brewing Company, in Ozark, Arkansas, and as well as bet online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contest events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews, news for every league, including NFL, NBA, combat sports, esports, and even golf. So, bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. So, head on over to bet online today. Use your mobile device to join today and make your first. Sports Bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, 5 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And I, I do want to say before we uh, get into our show, we want to send our thoughts and prayers out to the family of Mike Leach. Uh, apparently, uh, he was airlifted to a hospital in Jackson. We don't know the details of what's going on. But for, from everybody that's been... Uh, Putting it out there, it doesn't sound too well. Um, so uh, again, prayers to the to the family of Mike Leach, and hopefully he can get out of this and, and get back to back to normal. But uh, Jacob, uh, geez, Louise, man, we decided to go on vacation. I went to Disney oh, yeah. with the family. You had your anniversary, and we come back to this. I mean, um, it's, a mess. It, it's been it, a mess. It was it was crazy. Um, Crazy, all the stuff, the names, and coordinators leaving, who's coming in, coordinators, tight end coaches, assistant coaches, coach leaving. Assistant coaches yeah. leaving, poor old news, I mean, holy, <laughs> I'm never taking a vacation again, I mean, jeez, but uh, I guess just to begin, you know, how how was the vacation and
0: what what did you end up doing over, over your time off? Well, we went to Branson and uh, celebrated my birthday and my anniversary and and we hit up Seven Brew Coffee a few times. If you haven't been there, y'all need to try it. And there is a location in North Little Rock. I think there's another one in Conway at Seven Brew Coffee. Hey, free advertisement there. There man, you go.
1: They got them all over Northwest morning, Arkansas. They,
0: oh, yeah, they were, they were great. Uh, we hit up a couple of shops. Uh, you know, I have an excuse now to uh, – Stay in the car instead of go shopping because the baby's usually asleep in the <laughs> in the there car. So there you go. I don't have to, I don't have to shop as much anymore and, and walk around like a like a little daisy, you know, being carried around store to store. But yeah, that's what we did. Uh, I know you went to Disney World, man. Uh, got to got to celebrate a little bit of fun there. I mean, yeah, I went to Disney World. It's been twenty something years. I was in sixth grade, so I'm, I'm glad you you all had fun and. I know your son uh, had to just be uh, over the moon excited to be there.
1: Oh man, I, I tell you what—you better bring your, your 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 credit cards and your wallets and 401k. And um, <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> gee, it is the—I mean, it was worth it. I will say it, but man, I'm telling you, it was the most expensive thing you could encounter. Right. I mean, Just everything that you do there at Disney. I mean, the multiple parks we went to. All the parks, Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, and Epcot. And I'm just telling you, it was, it was awesome. And this is like right before peak season. We picked the prime day. Didn't yeah. rain on us one time. Didn't even, I mean, and all the rides, rode to the Towers of Terror. That was the most exhilarating ride there. Takes you in this elevator shaft and drops you, lifts you. But Oh, yeah. But, no, it, it was a very good time. But we come back to this, and you see on the heading right here, it you know, Dow logins to South Carolina question mark. And I'm telling you from from what the reports we've been hearing and the people I've been talking to it went from he was, you know, hot name. And then I'm telling you what, South Carolina fans just
0: crapped on. Oh, it. they revolted. Uh, I mean, it was horrible. Oh, it was a terrible. And Wait. go ahead. No, I, it, I I don't understand. I understand the hate, but I don't understand the hate towards Dow Loggins. You got because to realize
1: the, South Carolina fans, and and this is look, this is no dig. This is not a yeah. dig. It, it, it's South Carolina fans are like Arkansas fans. And they're very passionate. They think that they deserve the best at what they have. Yeah. Well, Dan Mullins was one of the names that was kind of thrown out there. So if you go from hey, we have a chance to get Dan Mullen to, oh, we have to settle for Dow Loggins. They don't know the type of person like we know him or know of him. I'm not saying I know him personally, but just the people that I've talked to on the Arkansas side of things. But the same thing was just like with Sam Pittman. Everybody thought it was going to be Lane Kiffin or if it was going to be, you know, John Gruden or whoever, the plane track. And then they're like, oh, we settled for Sam Pittman, the guy from Georgia. You know, he was – a defensive line coach, and he was recently in Arkansas, you know, an offensive line. But you can't – you don't know what you're getting until you get into that system, and you're going there for an offensive coordinator. And him and Justin Stepp have a very good relationship, and you've got to think that in this point of their time where they're at, and we talked to the Spurs Up show guy when we had South Carolina week, and I told them that South Carolina was a year behind Arkansas. And what happened this yeah. year? South Carolina had the year this year that Arkansas had last year. Yeah. And now you're in the re- recruiting part. Well, Dowell is a, an amazing recruiter. I mean, who would yes, you not want is. if? Now, I don't want him to leave Arkansas. And and I'm telling you, it's going to be a huge hit. And I we talked about it before the show was if, if Dowell leaves for South Carolina, it's going to impact this program about the same way it did when Sam Pittman left for Georgia. So I mean that's just my opinion.
0: On it. Yeah, yeah. So Sam Pittman when when he left for Georgia, everybody remembers like the Solomon Thomases that uh, they were having the the super secret five star offensive lineman that uh, that Brett Bielema ran off to Vegas or whatever place he wanted to run off to and 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 get and, and just have a good time instead of being able to be there as a head coach like. If a, if an official visitor's there, you you want to you want your head coach to be there, and dude wasn't there, and and that's the same kind of thing now. Like it's 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 different circumstances, but it's it's still kind of the same deal. Like you you have your best recruiter on the staff, and I don't know what the feeling is or the vibe is amongst the coaching staff right now. We are outsiders looking in, and you know it. I don't know if there's any dissension right now. I mean, between the coaching staff or anything that's, that's, that's nothing's been told to us, but to, if we lose Dow, we, we could lose the Luke Hass, the, the tied end out of uh, Oklahoma. You could lose the Jaden ham out of Kansas. You could lose several of these big time players that Arkansas has committed right now to the 16th ranked recruiting class in the country. And six of those guys were, were committed under Dal Loggins. And a lot of the reason people over at South Carolina hate this hire is because they go back to his NFL days. Okay. All right. So what he, he, he coached for the Tennessee Titans. This is before Ravel and, and, and where they're at right now. He coached for the jets back when they were just, Maybe a two to three or four win team every single year. Didn't have the players. Coached the Chicago Bears with Jay Cutler and a bunch of uh, misfits. And then uh, he coached one other team, Miami Dolphins, before they had Tua, before they had all these other players. In the NFL, you have to coach with the talent you get from your GM and your head coaches. You don't have the freedom to go out and recruit these guys at the collegiate level that match what you want to run. And I think South Carolina fans are giving uh, uh, Dow Loggins unfair hate and criticism for what he was doing in the NFL. This is this is college football, and I think that Dow should have an even playing field. There's no telling what he's learned under Kendall Browse uh, as far as, as running an offense. So let's I think they need to calm down a little bit on the hate and embrace the guy a little bit.
1: Well, and the thing is, is he they don't understand. He, when you do things behind the scenes, that's the biggest mm-hmm. thing that gets lost in the transition of this. They just yeah. see him as a tight ends coach. They see him as this, and they yeah. see him as that. But this is the way that I see view Carolina fans is and dealing with it. It's just, okay, so they beat Tennessee, beat South, and they beat Clemson. You know, they had all these first and these – so, but they think yeah. they're back up on Georgia and Tennessee's level again. They think they deserve. Well, we're going to go out and get whoever we want. But that's not always the case. I'm not taking anything away from Dallas. It's just the fact I think he can go over there and do a great job. I mean, yeah. I think and, and and from what I was told is he's not going to be on staff next year. But whether he goes to South Carolina or where, I, I was just told that he will not be on the staff next year. That, that's just. Yeah. What I'm hearing when it comes to and, – and another thing, we have to be real about this. We're all competitors. We're all men. We're always in our jobs. We're wanting to be the best we can. We can't sit here and not sit on the fact that Loggins, you know, Dow thought that, hey, Riles might go somewhere and I become the OC at Arkansas. Now he's not getting that chance. He's going to go prove. You're getting somebody who wants to prove himself. You don't think he's not looking at all this stuff. He's going to go somewhere, whether it's South Carolina or wherever, and you've got that chip on your shoulder where you've got something to prove. All right, you see me as a tight ends coach. All right, let's see how it goes. And all of a sudden you get – say you go to South Carolina, you're teamed up with Beamer, you're teamed up with Justin Stepp, along those lines of those guys. With all this hype coming off the year, you're actually starting to flip your recruiting again. I mean, it, it, it's the perfect storm, but this is the bad part of social media where the fans just uproar, and that's what the mm-hmm. biggest thing, as much as they want to say it or not, you know, the fan uproar kind of cooled things down a little bit, but it's like it, it's it's catching fire again, and yes. all points that, I mean, even from the South Carolina part of it is, he's going to be the next OC there. We'll see, wait yeah. and see on that, but, you know, yeah. it's just – you got to remember where we kind of heard it first I mean you, you know you were on a radio show in South Carolina you know you started the scoop and there's but it's just yeah. funny watching these people saying oh this guy can't say this and that he don't know
0: anything what's going to happen when it happens right and and the thing is like the it wasn't just South Carolina fans that were crapping on this hire or this potential hire there was Jets fans and jet NFL legit NFL media in my tweet when I reported it, on, I guess it was Wednesday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and I reported that Dow Loggins was having some serious heat down there at South Carolina's offensive coordinator. People crapped all over it. Like, actual NFL reporters were quote-tweeting my report and, and just dogging the guy.
1: You can't transition and, it, though.
0: No, no. And the thing, like, he was – yeah, he was an offensive coordinator, but I read up to where he's he was – like he actually called plays in the NFL one time under Adam Gase, in his four stops as a as an offensive coordinator, he only called plays one time as an offensive coordinator. That's just freaking crazy to me.
1: But yeah, the but comment I, that I like, said Nick Saban, I like what
0: Parker says.
1: Yeah, I mean, he said Nick Sabin. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can only honestly think of one person in the modern era. I mean, you got Jimmy Johnson, of course, what he did with the Cowboys, but mm-hmm. you you got Pete Carroll. Yeah. And, and then who else? Who that's else? It? That's jump from college. Steve Spurrier. I mean, if he didn't Steve Spurrier jump, but he, he didn't do that mean, much. He success. was right back. But Blue you got You can't sit success. there and no, you can't sit there. And that's and, and when you're hearing the same thing, purged and and there's supposed to be yeah. the, these reporters and they're like, well, what he did in the NFL? What he did in the NFL? Well, you know what? Look what one guy goes and does at one school. Look at freaking Nick Saban. Right. What was he doing at Michigan State? Look what was, then, what he, he happened to
0: coach at Michigan State,
1: and then he comes to LSU, goes yeah. to the NFL, and then comes back and he's in Alabama. I mean, look at all these guys that started one spot, they find the right yeah. fit, they find the right team, and then yeah. they blow up. I mean, it's just, I don't I, I think the hate is unfair, but when everybody Absolutely. has an opinion. That's what you get with social media nowadays. Right. And and I and I guess what I do is I go for the underdog. I go for the people that are not saying getting bullied, but it's like the unfair criticism. It's like I want him to be successful that much more because people are shitting on him. Absolutely. And it's oh, the yeah. fact that, you know, stop. Like you you don't know what he is. And I hope that whatever his next stop is, that he goes and kills it just based on that, because yeah. and then everybody's going to crawl back in their hole. Well, I, I, I was rooting for him from day one. You know, no, you weren't. You know, it's just, but that oh, happens crap. in no. every fan base. Right. You
0: you only yeah. see it at South in Carolina Arkansas fans.
1: Yeah, I mean, it happens in every fan
0: base. Yeah. You yeah. know, Arkansas fans were ready to crap on the offensive coordinator hire too, if Dal had been promoted, you, just because of the same stuff that South Carolina fans were saying. Like, they don't want to have a guy that was a failed NFL uh, coordinator. I mean, but you got to think, of it. this is a whole different uh, set of circumstances in college football. It's a whole lot different yeah. going from NFL to college. Like, you, you can see it. Like, Steve Spurrier and, and all these great coaches that did try their hand at the NFL. Sometimes you just have to, you know, get to somewhere you're comfortable. And the thing is with Dow, like, I expected Kendall to be gone by now. I thought Kendall would be gone after this season. Just because said, he had so yeah. much serious heat as maybe a head coaching candidate, and I thought this was a stepping stone for for Kendall Browse to go, and it may still be you know, the jury. The jury is still out for that, and it, it's crazy to still have your offensive coordinator four years in a row. Like, but that's, that's kind of scary though.
1: That's kind of worrisome. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 not that I mean we want him to stay. It's just right. I think his draft stock. You and when I say draft stock. I think it took a hit this year. I really took, you yeah, know, the productivity. Absolutely. And, yes, I know it all wasn't his fault, but still yet, I mean, just – but it was. I mean, it, it, there, there yeah. was a lot of it that was his fault. There was a lot of this play-calling stuff and, you know. Right. But and, and it's just like the fact that we don't know what's going on in that locker room within that program, but everything is just, like, glaring like something's wrong. It's like you don't want to believe it. You don't want to believe it, but yet it's just all these red flags are pointing to – and there's been times you've heard it. I've even said it. You know, Sam Pittman's demeanor has changed from last year to this year. It's almost like you can hear it into his voice. Like even the positive stuff, he's just very just like defeated and, you know, like losing control. Or, you know, it's just like he – He's trying to fix something, and he don't have all the pieces. And we've talked about that with the depth. And it's not all his fault, and it's not all Kendall Browse's fault. But it's like there's been times where they've called really good plays, but the execution wasn't there. There has been times where the execution was there, but the play call – I mean, it's just a mixed bag of things. But when it comes to Kendall you of course you're the darling of the SEC last year. His name was the hot name. Hey, let's go. It's like playing poker. Let's keep my hand yeah. in there. Let 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 me hit me one more time, and then let's see what I get. And I think this year kind of it kind of busted on him. So we'll That's see. Cool. But I was definitely surprised that Odom left before Brawls. I thought Brawls would be the one. So I mean, I missed that one because I was on here saying that you know Odom was here. He was the first man. But we also got to think too that. Those two guys were here for a purpose. Build this foundation, yes. start the foundation for this program, and, it, it, and they're kind of stuck in the mud right now. And, and it's that's and a hard lot of, to say.
0: A lot of folks forget, like, I don't. I think it's a lot of conveniently forgetting that Arkansas was coming off a too intense stretch in back-to-back seasons. I think a lot of it is there's still frustration with what happened under the last couple of years under Brett Bielema and and what happened under Chad Morris? I think I think there's still a lot of hurt feelings in that that last year's performance, the winning nine games, you thought you were out of it, and and you just weren't quite yet. And and really, I mean, honestly, you, Arkansas was 13 points from being 10 and two this season, and and that changes a lot of things, Porter. I mean, honestly, like. You you look at that and you're, you're and then you lose maybe lose Barry Odom and Kindle Brawls at the same time and then you're having and then like if you do finish nine and three ten and two it's a whole lot different feeling right now than sitting six and six trying to figure out oh man are we we need to get rid of our coordinators instead of oh our coordinators got poached like that's the difference between those are thirteen points from our coordinators being poached or us trying to have to figure out what we need to do to to get better. And Arkansas did get better this weekend with the additions of uh, uh, Josh Braun and uh, Andrew Armstrong and Jacoby Criswell out of the pool. Like, we can say things aren't looking good, but they are getting better. That's building quality depth along the offensive line. We we know the offensive line is something that Arkansas is going to have to get better at. They got the well-needed depth, the much-needed depth, at the, at the quarterback position, adding Criswell. And then you add uh, Andrew Armstrong, who's a, uh, just absolute freak. I don't know how uh, folks missed him uh, while he was at Bishop Dune and going to Texas A&M Commerce and, and then blowing up, having 1,300 yards and 13 touchdowns this past season. Uh, But that was a great, a grand addition to the wide receiver room. So Arkansas, not everything is as bad. Not every, the bad isn't as bad as what we think it is. And the good isn't always as great as what the, what we say it is too. So we have to keep it kind of in a, uh, I don't know, just, you know, it's not always as bad as it seems. It's not always as good as it seems. Yeah. It's always somewhere in the middle. And I think Arkansas right now, I think there's a lot of frustration there. And I'm going to finish up by saying this. Like, there's a lot of frustration because we're ready to get this defense coordinator stuff out of the way. And, I, and it's only day six without Arkansas having a defensive coordinator. I think, I think if they can, you know, you, you see the names of Trey Scott and you see the name of Jeff Collins and you see uh, the uh, Ron Roberts done deal tweets everywhere. And I was one of them that reported it. Like, I didn't say it was a done deal, but he was an emerging candidate. And then others came along and said that they're pretty much, you know, finalizing the deal. And then it just broke through. I think if if something can just land and just stick, I think a lot of our problems, especially on social media, will be completely uh, completely over with. And then we can just move on to the next era or the next the next uh, season or the rest of the off season.
1: Yeah, and and that's where the early signing period hurts. Yeah, I mean right. you got guys that aren't even, you know, you're trying to, you know, leave. Say you leave Arkansas, and then you got to hit the ground running, and try to build your class up because of the early signing period. But I, I I don't know. It's just look, we got to realize, and and look, and if if the if Jacoby ends up being a stud, if these guys keep on being a stud. But you know what? We're in the SEC, and if we're going to start getting up, we need to start getting these guys that can come in from a, a, a D one level and produce. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what Jacoby did at North Carolina. I mean, you're, but when you're behind those two quarterbacks that they have back to back, you know, yeah. it, it's kind of hard. Yeah. And, and to me, Absolutely. it's like seeing what Kendall has done with KJ. And there's times where KJ, dude, KJ's a dog. He's a whore. You know, he, he's just, he's your guy that leads your team. But yeah. when you look at Jacoby and it, he's the same type of quarterback, and it's almost like, all right, you see the play calling and you see everything coming in. So, yes, we do get, you know, KJ comes back if, in, and he's coming back next year in, in quarterback. and But then you look at what you have after that, or if, Something happens to KJ. You've got the same exact model coming in. Right. So, I mean, I just, I don't know. You know, we we had a lot of hopes for this year. A lot of things happened, but there was a lot of things that wasn't, there was a lot of things that wasn't their fault, but there was a lot of things that was their fault. And I don't know, you know, just like I said, things that are going on the inside, things that happen on the outside, You know when are they? They got to start making progress. And we talked about this at the beginning of the year. You know, in the SEC, you can you can manage if you went nine and four. Okay, you can go eight eight and four, eight and five, or or eight and four, seven and five. But man, you see what happened this year, dropping back down to six and losing the way they did to Missouri, and you know the Liberty loss. I mean. The Doink field goal that didn't go over the goalpost to Texas A&M, and you seeing how Texas A&M ended up—that that was their only SEC win. Or no, then they ended up LSU. But I'm talking about yeah. up to that point. But yeah, you know, you, yeah. you see yeah. how all that happened, and you're like, yes, it's 13 points, but it's like you got to make progress, and if you keep putting yourself in positions for teams to beat you, you're going to get beat more times than not. Yeah, and they need depth. They need depth. They need depth. And yeah, that's where it gets tricky when you're constantly losing your coordinators and 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 the key piece that is your tight ends coach. If you lose him, it's going to set you back two years on recruiting. And it, it is you're losing your key recruiter when it comes to that offense.
0: Yep, you're absolutely right. And and that's the thing. Like you have the 16th ranked recruiting class according to 247 Sports right now, and if you lose like two of those guys, you're going to fall significantly in the recruiting rankings. And then you're going to have to figure out, well, who do we get now? <laughs> like, like it's, you, it, you're, you're basically, well, do you go into the transfer portal and say, Hey, I got some extra spots. So, so not all is lost. Like this is a whole different thing with the high school recruiting now, because you had these, these, uh, portal guys that can come in and help you too. Most of these guys have like three or four years and they're, they're looking for new starts. So, and that's the saving grace of, of the recruiting scene right now is being able to go out and get these portal guys too. Uh, because, you know, like the, the special type of players like the, the has or Haas kid from Oklahoma, the Luke Haas, like those are special type of players and and yeah, you're going to lose them, but you, there's some special players in in the uh, in the portal too. I mean, you just have to go out there and outbid for what you want. So uh, that's just part of the game now, Porter. Yeah, and I just
1: think they are um, they're losing a lot. Yes, and that's where you're scrambling. Of okay, yeah, you know you can go to the portal and. You could pick a couple guys like Drew Sanders or you know McLaughlin, right. but when you look at what's leaving and and it looks bleak because you're like you're having to replace so much on offense and defense, yeah, and, and that's where it's like okay, so you bring in Jacoby, you're bringing in I mean, then you're bringing in a guy that's going to sit the bench unless so I mean that don't, that that one don't even count. We can we can say all we want about Jacoby. He's not going to come in and take KJ's spot unless something happens to KJ. So now that's a, that, it's not a wasted deal, but that's that, that player, we, we just put it, he's on, he's on the bench until, yeah. unless something happens. All right, so then you bring in the wide receiver, you know, that FCS receiver. Okay, is he yeah. going to be ready to come in and play in the SEC? We've seen what, you know, Hazelwood come over from Oklahoma, and he's shown glimpses of things. But you need to produce eight, nine, ten weeks in a row, yeah. Because if you, I mean, that's a, that's what we're at, and it's not getting any easier.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, he, he's an FCS guy." I think the staff has done a good enough job of evaluating talent, especially if you have the chance to getting an FCS level player like John Ridgway. Like nobody yep. knew who the guy was out of Illinois State a couple of years ago, but then. You know, he, he goes in the portal, Arkansas jumps on him first. And then you have the Texas, you have the USC's, you have the Nebraska's that are after him too. Arkansas ended up getting him and he was a major, a major uh, uh, player on the defensive side there for Arkansas. So, I mean, I think you had to be careful when evaluating the uh, talent as far as it comes to the FCS players. But you, I mean, the guy looks kind of like what a Matt Landers did this past season. And he came over from Toledo and looked pretty good. I mean, he had over 700 yards and I think seven touchdowns this season. I mean, by far the best year he's had. So this this staff has done a very good job and not just adding like just random players that uh, they're just like oh just getting get him. Get him, get him. We got to pad our roster. Like they do a really good job of evaluating uh, what they what their needs are. I think uh, the F- the uh, Andrew Armstrong who is the FCS receiver will do well. I'm not saying he's gonna have a thousand yards receiving in year one, but I think he could have a Hazel Wood or a or a Matt Landers type of season.
1: Well, another thing is you've seen how long it took Landers to get going. I mean yeah. well, you know, I mean that, that's the thing we talked about. That. him out of season. You know? When especially when you have quarterback issues and your quarterback's, you know, injured or fighting injury, he's not on point. Yeah. And then you bring in Malik and he can't throw. He's just a running quarterback, you know How long is it going to take these in in a game where one or two losses, there goes your chance of being in the college football playoffs. You know, I mean, you're in that position. So you really have to think about and really stress, what type of guys are we bringing in? How many guys do we need to bring in to get this thing going? I mean, it's just – it's one of the deals that we'll keep on – we're we're, we're up against a commercial break, but we'll keep this conversation going. But I I guess just – my biggest deal is, like, I'm tired, of and I shouldn't. I mean, we talk about it every year. We shouldn't get our hopes up. But it, it, it's almost like my going into next year, I'm going to have the mindset, prove me that you're going to make changes. Prove to me you're going to be a better program and make those leaps and bounds opposed to we're looking at nine, ten wins. And there was, like I said, it was just the end of the year. It was no, and there was hardly any effort, and you – You let teams beat you that shouldn't beat you. But we'll come back right after the break. Hear word from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Do you need those pesky stumps ground before the winter, your pasture brush hogged or need your driveway bladed? Here at Grind It Ride Outdoor Services, we offer more than just stump grinding. We have recently expanded our business to include tractor work as well. So along with stump grinding, we offer bush hogging, land clearing, grading driveways, placing, and even spreading gravel. We are locally owned and operated, so call Danny today for a free quote at 205-377-2662 or 479-530-1641. Again, that is 205-377-2662 or 479-530-1641.
0: Shelby Taylor Trucking serves all your timberland needs in south-central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's staylortrucking.com. .com McCoy Tiger Drug Store of Sheridan, Arkansas has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the year. They not only fix you up with your prescription with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop. All your OTC needs, baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals and much more. They're located at 821 North Rock Street in
1: Sheridan. Give them a call today at 870-942-5121. Camelot Exteriors specializes in identifying hail, wind, and other storm damage, as well as residential and commercial roof installations and re-roofing. We use only the highest quality materials from certified suppliers while putting a lifetime labor warranty on all of our roofs. Our mission is to provide our customers with the highest quality roofing project customized to fit each one of their needs and to provide exceptional service through the entire process. Camelot Exteriors is based in Norman, Oklahoma, but we proudly currently serve nine other states as a premier nationwide roofing company. So call us today at 833-799-7663 for your free estimate. Camelot Exteriors storm damage restoration experts. And we want to welcome you back to the Hog Talk podcast and we'll continue on with the DC talk and just another opening like I said that I was very surprised about. We all thought he was going to Tulsa, we thought he was going here. Then he so I guess what was surprising me is he went to UNLV. I mean, I I didn't, I didn't know if he had any connections there or and, and I guess that's what's the surprising thing. And, of course, it makes me feel the way I do about what's going on the inside that he just want to get out of Arkansas. That he just want to go somewhere and, and prove that he can become a head coach again, had that itch. He sees what's going on and, I mean, how much, you know, the social media and, and the people on the outside just blitzed, you know, his defense and everything. but. Look, when you had the things that you had going on with, with Slusher and Catalon and, you know, Drew Sanders, you know, and Bumper Pool, you know, Bumper Pool playing hurt, almost like a Grant Morgan situation, you know, that does a toll to your defense. And, again, when we talk about depth and your guys are getting playing hurt, I mean, there's only so much you can do as a defensive coordinator. And there's only so yeah. much that you can do when – Your back's against the wall, and sometimes you're like, hey, I mean I mean enough's enough on it. And you know, if we're you know, everything was cool. Oh, you know, this time last year, man, celebration was playing on every, you know, the jukebox was turned up. Now it's not that case. But I mean, I just unless something happens and changes where they just load up the and, and just kill it in transfer portal. I see a similar situation happening next yes. year, and and what is going to happen? We're already talking about this seat getting warm. You know, we're already talking about the honeymoon period. What what's going to happen next year if this team goes six and six again?
0: Yeah, I mean at least you're not. Uh, at least you're going to bowl games and stuff, and you're semi-competitive because for a while you weren't competitive. You were getting your butt beat every week, and and there there was points this season that you're thinking what the heck why did you do that like, like there was just there was points and I, I think it's absolutely uh, uh, warranted to doubt your head coach especially after some of the decisions that they made throughout the season whether it was KJ being hurt during the Liberty game and and not putting Malik Hornsby in there to may be not save the day, but at least try to give Arkansas a different look uh to Liberty. Or, you know, think about the 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 fumble at the at the three yard line against AM. Like there was just so many things that just built up to this point. Like and you're and it's like I said earlier, like if you win two of those games, say you beat if say you pull out the LSU game and the A and M game, like you're in, in the Liberty game, you're looking at this season a whole lot differently than you are right now. And there's some guys coming back, and I guarantee you they're gonna they're gonna have a taste in their mouth that they're ready to get out. Like you think about KJ and and Rocket coming back and and they're gonna have to figure out some things in the receiver room. You're gonna have to get a couple of guys out of the portal. Uh, you had a good a wide receiver haul uh, last season out of the high school uh, besides, you know, McAdoo going over to the defensive back side. But you have on the defensive defensive line, I think you've, you've got some promise there. Linebackers are showing promise, but you're going to have to go in there and get your defensive backs and figure out what's going on back there in the secondary because that was your biggest issue. The most glaring thing about last season was the secondary issues. <clears throat> The open field tackling, trying to keep things in in front of you, getting beat deep. Like, it was continuous over and over and over again. And right now, from what I'm being told, you've got Dwight McLaughlin, your best defensive back, uh, returning for next season. You've got several guys that if – you've got a pretty good nucleus. I think whoever comes as defensive coordinator will have some talent there. But you're going to have to attack it, man. And and the way that the season ended, like, I think there was just – maybe Sam Pittman needed to have a hard reset or maybe, maybe a a little bit of a reset, let Barry Odom go. I mean, and, 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 and try to reestablish some uh, belief that this thing is still going forward. Like, like, yeah, we took a step back, but we, we can build off things like you have to, maybe not use us as an underdog or had the underdog mentality, but say, look guys, we were this close. We fixed these problems here and we hit that next level. We get back to where we were a year or two ago. I don't think you can go six, six, uh, six and six again next year. I think you're going to have to build off of that, but I think six and six gives, gives Sam Pittman another extra year uh, on his contract. I mean, I don't think he gets an extension or anything. for going six and six again. But I think if you exceed, like, seven and five, eight and four, like, it continues it, – the, the Pittman experiment continues. So, yeah,
1: I, I don't see him getting fired next
0: year. No, I, no, it, no. But – but Unless something like a three and seven season happens. I don't see that even happening. Like, I just don't see it happening.
1: There was just alarming things of, like I said, with with things that kept on happening that Sam allowed. Like, uh, you know, yes – Browse is calling the plays, but there should have been a point in time where he stepped in and said, no, we're not going to do that. You know, there's times where you, you look at the defense and if, if they kind of had a, a, um, inkling that, Hey, you're losing your defensive coordinator, you know, Browse or or Odom's not going to be back next year because of how things are going on. Then you see the way they got pushed around against Missouri. I mean, Things like that. That's what the alarming thing of you're sitting there watching a team that is in a corner. Yeah. You, you, you want to beat this, this team that you're calling not calling a rivalry, but it's not much when, when you've only won it a couple times. And like I said, you're letting a team of lesser talent push you around and manhandle you when they shouldn't. Yeah. And you, yeah. you let that team beat you again. And it just seemed like – there was not, there was a quit or something going on. But it's funny how you know people get caught out for you know, hey, I quit the team, and then they they want to clap back on to one of our most reliable reporters in Arkansas and Hutch. You want to clap back at him yeah. when the coach basically said the same thing. So talk to the coach yeah. about it, you know. But you're right. No. Yeah. It, it, I, I don't know how they fixed this, and that's why I'm I am the way I am, feeling the way. But you see how the season ended. You've seen how the last couple of games went, and it was a roller coaster. You you beat beat Ole Miss, and you're like, okay, okay, you know things all right. Here we go. We got everybody healthy again. You know KJ's back. We got things rolling, and then you just lay an egg, and oh, yeah. it's it, it's very frustrating because. You let a team that you're trying to recruit against become bowl eligible and hang that banner of, we become bowl eligible. We're going to this bowl game because we beat you at the end of the season. And I know it's a hard place to play, but it's like, I'm almost at the point to where we've sat here for four years and done this. And we've always been like, you know, the fans are saying, should we as fans – accept mediocrity? Should we accept this? Should we, and we've always defended the team. Like, hey, give it time. But it's like, I'm I'm going, I'm about to start, like, the more this goes on, the more I'm on the fan side of this. Like, yeah. you shouldn't, like, I see it, and I'm sorry, there's no disrespect to the kid at all, but when you see that, who you're bringing in, you're like, that's not what we're going to do to make this team better. Yeah. You know, and and it, it is frustrating because you know what this team can be, and to see You're losing your coordinators. You're losing the guy that can build this team back up, and you're letting him go to South Carolina. And if if the reports are, you know, true, I'm I'm just throwing it out there that it's not a done deal, but I'm saying if that's happening, you're letting him go to South Carolina. You're making another program better that you got to play against. Yeah. You cannot let that happen. If you're in a set position where you're Georgia and you've established yourself where you can let somebody go to make their program better and you're set, but when you're trying to set your own foundation and you're losing the foundation and somebody else is getting better, that's not good. Yeah. You know, it's it's just where we're at. I know I hate to be so negative about it, but just – how everything's played out and seeing what's going on. Like I said, I hope things turn around in this transfer portal and we got guys that come in and kill it. But I'm not seeing anything that, that's making me think otherwise this is going to be a seven- or six-win team next year.
0: Yeah. Let's go to the basketball
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah. I feel like uh, we're beating the dead horse right now. Well, uh, yeah, it's it, just it – uh, no. It is. It is. It just – But,
1: yeah, it – we can move on and end it on a positive yeah. note because yes. I, I will start off. I was very imp- – we'll just go with the OU game. You, you yeah. lose Trev in Brazil. <laughs> yeah. you, Nick Smith bro. Jr. is working his way into the lineup. And you play a game where I don't think this team last year wins this game in this style. I, I don't think that last year's team or the team the year before – wins this game and I was very impressed that the youth of this team how they shot their free throws down the stretch because I made a I made a point to say they're playing February basketball in December I mean yep. that was a very well executed game they did not let and and I know we kind of go at the the announcers but I clicked the game on and it held I, I thought OU was up by 12. I didn't think Arkansas was up by 12, the way, the way the announcers were going. But I was very impressed by the free throw shooting of the team down the stretch to ice the game. And I don't know. I, I want to put a poll out there, a first ever on-live poll. You know, who done the dunk better, Devo <laughs> or Council? You know what I mean? That was poetic. And listening to the OU fans yeah. cry about it, and that's classless. and You know, dude, it's competitiveness. You know, he went in there and dunked it. He didn't run over to the bench and start jawing or start flapping his gums. He went up and dunked the ball. It was amazing. I mean, that's what it is. It was an
0: incredible, like, jump. Like, he jumped from nearly the free throw line. I mean, this guy is athletic. Like, he's probably the most athletic basketball player we've had since Michael Kowals. And we've had a lot of good basketball players. But this guy, he has hops. Ricky Council held court on Saturday, and he sent Oklahoma to the to the house. He said, "Uh, yeah, maybe next year. Maybe maybe y'all can get us next year if we end up ke- continuing to play in the Crimson and Cardinal Classic in Tulsa, which I would love to until they uh, join the SEC because that that place was rocking yesterday with Razorback fans. Like it was a legit. Uh, it looked like a home atmosphere. It was kind of like you remember." the Southwest Conference days when Arkansas would go to Reunion Arena mm-hmm. and play in Dallas, like, that was the kind of atmosphere. They called it uh, Bud Walton or, or Barnhill West. Yeah. Like, this could be the new Bud Walton West because Arkansas travels well over to Tulsa and, and res- represented well, and they really, really showed out. They were loud, just kind of made it made it like a home atmosphere, and I was really proud to see that. Uh, along with what Ricky Council is doing. And, and I will say that, like, I know Nick Smith is probably, he's absolutely the most talented guy on this roster. But Ricky Council, dude's a player, man. And I think he could play his way up into being maybe, I think he could be on the verge of being a uh, uh, a lottery pick as well. I mean, he may he may not be. He could be a solid first-round pick. But the way he's playing right now, he could play his way into the lottery.
1: Yeah, we played all forty minutes. Um, yeah, he reminds me of Justin Smith. I mean, that's just who he reminds me of. I know He's you dog. You you've thrown out the Mason Jones. I mean, and he can score. He yeah. uh, ended up with twenty six points, but I just I see him as that Justin Smith type that he he just electrifies the defense offensive side of the ball. You know, five for seven, and we're talking about the free throws. They were fourteen for nineteen from the free throw line. And only had nine turnovers. I mean, that's the biggest thing. We t- we, we've we we introduced the whole how we're kind of assessed with the uh, plus-minus. You know, Jordan Walsh yeah. was 11.
0: I was bring that Ricky up. Council yeah. was
1: 10. Anthony Black was 8. You know, Makai Mitchell, he come in. I mean, yeah. you know, he had six rebounds. I mean, just two blocks. Plus-minus five. You know, what they're doing, I mean, now they're three-point shooting still. I mean, they they are four for 12. But I think that they're starting to find their identity that they don't have to shoot twenty to thirty threes to win this game. You know, yeah. you know, like I said, when you had Mason Jones and all those guys in the past, where you felt like you had to shoot threes, shoot threes, shoot threes. You know, you've got guys that can drive the basket and get fouls, and if you're shooting fourteen, I'll take fourteen of nineteen every time.
0: Yeah, I'll take that it. That means
1: you're getting to the basket you and you're making it. your free throws.
0: But, yeah. go ahead. In Oklahoma, man, they shot the ball extremely well. They, I think they hit like 10 of their first 12 shots, and you're just thinking, man, this isn't going to be Arkansas's day. It's, it felt like at the beginning, like, it was going to be another Oklahoma route. And Arkansas just kind of weathered that storm. Uh, yeah, they start they shot sixty two percent in the first half compared to Arkansas's fifty-six percent. Arkansas wasn't bad they weren't bad shooting. I mean and, and then rolls reversed in the second half and that's what Arkansas was able to do to pull away. I mean, Oklahoma shot fifty-two percent in the second half compared to Arkansas sixty-two. So there that's your that was your difference. Arkansas was able to kinda they they made sure they attacked the basket in both halves, and that's that's a traditional muscleman team at Arkansas. Is they're gonna outwork you and they're gonna get you? Uh, I think they had like I think they outscored uh, Oklahoma on on the points in the paint. Let me see if I can find that fifty eight to forty four. Well, that uh, yeah, mean, because that shows they said a
1: lot. Uh, they said this was the one of the most yeah fifty eight forty four, and that was one of the most um, points they've scored in the paint, like yeah. in in history or in school history. Yeah. I it did see a physical. Thing. But Grant Sherfield yeah. kept him in the game. I mean, there at the end – and that's the thing. I do want to say, this was a 10-point game. But he was hitting some lucky shots there at the end that kind of kept it oh, yeah. closer than what it was. But, I mean, you still have to defend and, and all that stuff. But, you know, Devo Davis, again, you know, a lot of people was ragging him a couple of weeks ago, you know, about, well, he doesn't score – he does so much. I mean – You don't need him to score. He, he just – he ended up with five points. But, I mean – what he is doing on the defensive side of the ball, when, when you're looking yeah. at these guys who are shooting, you know, you know they're, he's getting them to make four shots and all you need to do is get one guy out of the rhythm and so like a guy like Sherfield was you know he, he starts at 18 points in the first half or whatever. you shut him down for six points in the second yeah. not, and I'm not saying that's how it went. I'm just saying that's what type of player that and you need that. When you've got the scorers that you have, you need to have that guy that comes in and gets you those, he, he's that dog. And, yeah, and yeah, I want to say was. the fans, when they are chanting, you're in Oklahoma, you're at a neutral site, but they were chanting goodbye. And just hearing that crowd chant that, it, it was just an amazing sound. And then yeah. the dunk, to, you know, icing on the cake with the dunk, I was like, I was very pleased with that, but you know, it, it's one of the things that you needed that win because you got Bradley, UNC, Asheville, and then you go to LSU December twenty eighth to start your. Um, and it's crazy, both the men and the women start their SEC uh, with LSU. But I mean, Bradley's not going to be anything to, and they're playing in Little Rock. No, so I mean, that's Rock, always yeah. an off off game. It's Saturday at three o'clock, so it's one of them deals that. You can't sleep on that game. Then you have, and then we got finals in with everything. Yeah. Coach Neighbors sweet. was talking about after the game about, you know, you got finals coming up. So you're always nervous going into finals on how a team's going to practice and, and be mentally prepared.
0: Yeah. And uh, I do want to mention I was showing my young age, Chris. <laughs> I'm only 31. So uh, Arkansas has been in the SEC about as long as I've been alive. But it was Barnhill South. I said yes. Barnhill West. But, uh, yeah well uh y'all knew what i meant but yeah that uh that game oklahoma and arkansas i can't i think there is absolutely some serious heat between the two two schools like they've had some pretty good games throughout the years you remember the blake griffin game when arkansas uh, oklahoma traveled to fayetteville and and it was pelfrey and and Arkansas just routed them like they were up like, 25 at one point and Blake Griffin pulled them back within like 8 or 6 or something like that and Arkansas kind of weathered the storm like that was a crazy game and then you return the next year and then uh play him in Oklahoma and then you play him at the Phil Knight Classic up there in Oregon and and that was a classic game they had uh, they had to play Buddy Hield in that one like there's so many good Arkansas Oklahoma basketball games through the years like I feel like it's an underrated rivalry and I can't wait for them to, maybe we can meet up with Oklahoma twice a year in the SEC. I think that's going to be a, a fun rivalry. I think it's, you know, I know you're going to, you're going to have Texas in there, but I think Oklahoma, it's, it's going to be a fun uh, series to watch just because I think these two schools are, are just kind of close enough in basketball history. I know Arkansas has a championship, but I think there's a little bit of hatred between the schools.
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's one of those you ain't played them enough. Yeah. You know, yeah, I know. I think if you did start, but then again, I mean, it, it's almost, but you could, you could feel when something's happening. I don't get those vibes from that. Yeah. Yet. I mean, like when Arkansas and Tennessee, when Vitello was there, you just felt it. And then oh, the drawing. Yeah. So, I mean, Maybe this – but you never know. This dunk could have changed things. We'll see next year. You know, I didn't get the vibe, but the dunk kind of put the icing on the cake on that. And you never know. That might have started something where they really want to beat you next year because of what happened. But, I mean, I get more of a vibes when it comes to that from Texas than I do OU. Right. Just because Texas and Arkansas playing in anything means – more just because it's Arkansas, Texas. And I know there's a lot yeah. of people who don't understand that. But, you know, but you also got to go back to the Barnhill days of Arkansas was really good, and you had a target on your back every time yeah. you went out and played. You were the team. It was Arkansas, and there was hardly anybody else in the in the Southwest Conference that could even hold a candle to your talent. I mean, you're, just, yeah. you're like what Texas was in football. You were the Texas football program back at the tail end of the Southwest Conference season, and into the SEC because you come into the SEC and you're immediately competing with Kentucky. You know, you're immediately right. up there with Jamal Mashburns and the wars that, you know, they had. That was a that's the rivalry that I love. Is that Arkansas Kentucky matchup and in the way, you know, Mus is. There's a lot of people that don't like how flamboyant he is and how energetic he is, and it puts a bad t- – just like we talked yeah. about Vitello at Tennessee. You know, they don't – I don't know what it is about some people, and I, and I think it's because they're winning. If they yeah, weren't like winning him, and I they totally. were acting like that, they would be like, eh, who "Yeah, who is
0: this guy? But they're winning. Yeah, a lot of people – yeah, a lot of people don't I like him, but I, I like him. I like guys that have a little uh uh cockiness to them. because, Yeah. Mean, hey, when you're winning, I mean, you deserve to be cocky. But, uh, man, you, you think about the opposite of cocky. Nate Oates is doing a fantastic job at Alabama, and we see this. We see this early on in non-conference schedules under Nate Oates at Alabama where they'll go and, and beat these highly ranked teams, and everybody's crowning them like, oh, man, these, these guys are going to be uh, one seeds or or a two seed, and they're going to make a run to the final four, and we just hadn't seen that with Nate Oates in Alabama yet. They beat number one Houston. And I don't know if Houston was warranted a number one uh, ranking this year yet or not, just because I haven't really been impressed by them much. But Alabama going on the road and beating a good Houston team was a pretty good victory. And then you saw Kentucky kind of struggle with Yale yesterday. They only beat them by 10. Obviously, Shibway had 28 points and 12 rebounds there, but – you know, the SEC's kind of – you're kind of seeing it early on during this non-conference schedule. Like, you're seeing, like, maybe Alabama's for real. Arkansas, they're, they may be for real. Kentucky, they may be the third or fourth best team. Auburn's kind of a little off this year. They don't have any shooters. Obviously, you lose Jabari Small and Walter uh, – I'll uh, oh shoot. Uh, what was his name? Uh, somebody getting me in the comments. But it was the big white guy that uh, played post and could spread them out in the three and shoot well. I can't remember his name. Uh, so I know his first name was Walker. Anyways, like the SEC is kind of taking shape. I think, uh, I think Arkansas and Alabama is one and two, but there's probably about three or four teams there, uh, third through fifth, maybe sixth, that could maybe uh, make some noise too. Mississippi State's one of them.
1: Well, we'll find out Wednesday, January eleventh. You know, Alabama comes to Bud Walton Arena. So, and that's the yeah. good thing is you get Alabama at Bud Walton, you get Kentucky. You got to go to Auburn right before Kessler. that. So, yeah. that is where that's where this stretch is. You got LSU, Missouri at home, which I think that is very that is going to be an underrated attribute to that game. That that game is at home because Missouri is weird football. And basketball, it's it's just a weird place to play. And then you gotta yeah. go to Auburn and then Alabama at home. So it's gonna be a big we're talking about these two games, and I know we've mentioned this before, but that first four game, I mean, even you throw the Missouri game in there, that first four game stretch because we know how we hate LSU. Now, will there be any lackluster gone because you know it's LSU now and, and it's not right. <laughs> you, you know how that plays out, but you know you're going to Auburn and and you get them. This is the biggest difference that the the thing that could really play against Arkansas. You're playing at Auburn a Saturday night at seven thirty. You have mm-hmm. Alabama coming to you on a Wednesday night at six o'clock. So you reverse those two. That could be the difference between that's yes. two and zero oh and zero oh and two. I mean, that, that's right. kind of getting – not getting shafted, but it's the fact that it's a Wednesday night at 6 o'clock. I understand it's probably going to be hopping inside of Bud Walton Arena. But you're having to go to Auburn at 7.30 at night on a Saturday. That's – you're going to get
0: – You're going to get the you're best gonna of get the get Auburn fans. So. The students are going to be rocking. Like, there, there's a lot to be excited about in the SEC schedule. I think the SEC is a little bit better than what – uh many thought it would be i mean you've got seven or eight teams in the top 25 right now uh and, and then you have i think lsu is going to be sneaky good i would hate to play them at home in the first game on december 28th uh you've got justice hill who's a former razorback who uh got the uh, game winning buzzer beating shot to go down uh, yesterday against wake forest they won 72 to 70 and one of their players and i can't remember who it was but he scored 32 of their 72 points or 35 of their 72 points. So we, obviously they've got some pretty good offensive firepower and they've got 11 of 13 guys that are brand new to their uh, program. And then uh, Mississippi state under Chris Jans, who you remember Chris Jans is who Arkansas Eric Musselman coached against in the sweet 16 or round of 32. Uh, it was against New Mexico state last season in the NCAA tournament. So obviously there's going to be a familiarity there. Uh, So I mean, this the SEC I think is going to be a little bit tougher. Obviously, I think uh, Missouri was not a no before they lost to Kansas yesterday, uh, as well. So yeah, the SEC is a lot better than what I think a lot of people give it credit for.
1: Well, and everything will shape up too. We like to talk, and this is the thing. That's why I think they should start basketball season a little bit later because until the national championship, I mean, let's be real, sports fans. You know, I mean, yeah, we're paying attention to our school. But until football season's over with, you're not really paying attention to you know basketball. And I think not the when, average fan you know, not the average fan, you're right. And I think that when it comes to this team and I, that's why it really impresses me because you lost a guy that was like uh, like I said, I know I keep comparing a lot of people to Justin Smith, but you Trevon Brazil was one of them um, guys, quals like guy that was getting you, the buckets and the boards and dunks, the highlight reels, and you got him out of your lineup. Yeah. You're dealing with the Nick Smith injury and him finally coming back in the lineup. And for them to keep playing the way they're doing, I think this team is is rare because you had a lot of hype coming into this season of who's going to score what points. They're playing defense. They're accepting their roles. And, I, I mean, I kind of think Devo had to come-to-Jesus meeting of, hey – um you need to you're this is gonna be your role. You got all this yeah. freshman coming in and I think it was kind of a hard pill to swallow, which would be anybody. Yeah. You, you you you're that one missing piece from last year. That you're it and here it comes back and you're kinda of having to take a back seat, but now he's you know, put his foot in the ground and you've seen what he's done with the opportunity he has. And I'm just like I said, yeah, I can't absolutely. wait to see what this team does, but yeah, SEC season starts with LSU, and that's when it that's when it goes. That's when we're going to have go time, and yeah, the first four games we'll really know what this team's about.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Now I don't know if you've got anything else to add, but uh, again, uh, if you will go to uh, Apple Podcast and and uh, subscribe, if you do listen, and, and you're and you can't catch us live. They, uh, every Sunday night or uh, Monday and Tuesdays with porters shows during the week uh, if you just go on there subscribe leave us a five star rate and review and and uh, kind of keep you know continuing uh, you know the algorithm stuff you know if you, you can't find us there uh, uh, the the algorithm can help shift uh, you can help shift it with uh, a little little uh, subscribe and, and review there so and you can always watch us on Facebook Twitter and YouTube.
1: Yeah, and tomorrow night on the Weekly Women's Sports Report presented by Fordham Lee Distillery, we will have from the Arkansas soccer team, Jessica DeFilippio, um, led the scoring in postseason in the NCAA tournament. I mean, amazing scoring run to another Elite Eight run. So really looking forward to that tomorrow night at 630. And then Tuesday night, we'll have another recap show, kind of really just mainly make this about basketball season, what we've seen out of the first ten, you know, the first games what we look for coming up into the conference season, and and just keep keep the content flowing as much as we can for for the fans. So we'll be on Sunday, Mondays, and Tuesdays. I know the shows might change up. You know, a lot of it depends on the availability of the guests we're trying to get. So just stay tuned for tomorrow night at six thirty. But you know, we're always presented by Arkansas Brewing Company and Bet Online. But for Jacob Davis, I am Border Hayes, and we will catch you tomorrow night. On the weekly women's sports report. Go Hogs. There we go. All right. Good one. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform.